Joining me from Monaco today is a very special guest in Michael Matthews. Michael, hello. Hello. Quick turnover from the World Championships in Norway. You're already back home? Yeah, yeah. Got back um, yesterday around lunchtime. So I had the early flight out of, out of Bergen and, um, yeah, straight back to reality, I guess. You had the whole nation watching you in the men's road race on Sunday. You won a bronze medal there. So I, but you're becoming very consistent at the World Championships on the podium or within the top five. How have you reflected on the race since Sunday? Sort of um, mixed feelings, really. Um, yeah, we're well going there to, to win that, that stripy jersey. But, um, yeah, that's like the World Championships always is. It's a, it's a bit of a lottery. So you never really know um, exactly what's going to happen. And, um, yeah, that's sort of the way the, the race unfolded. It was, yeah, it had its um, hits and misses through the race. But, uh, yeah, all in all, I think it was a really beautiful race. Um, Bergen did a really good job of uh, making us feel welcome and, um, yeah, putting on a really good uh, a really good show for us. And hopefully we did a really good show back for them. Did the race unfold as you, as you thought it may? No, not really. Um, from when I saw the course in May... Um, I expected it to be harder, and I expected rain. So I guess when you have those things, um, yeah, on your agenda, then it's going to be a totally different race. But, um, yeah, it, in the end, it was totally dry and actually a super fast course with uh, not too many start stops. So, yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't the way I had planned it was going to um, unfold. You lost um, Matthew Heyman at some point there. He had an accident. Did you feel um, the loss of, of that one of his support or at the pointy end of the race, was it all sort of every man for himself? Um, yeah, at the time when it first happened, I was like, oh, no, now we're, um, now we're in trouble. But, um, yeah, the way the race sort of unfolded, that was not really um, not the race we had uh, planned for. I thought we, we thought it was going to be a really aggressive race with um, with Holland and Belgium, the team they had on the start line. It was a really aggressive um, team, and uh, we assumed that it was going to really open up the race really quite early. And, um, yeah, then it would be on from there all, all the way to the finish. But, unfortunately, no one really opened it up like we, we thought they would, so... In the end, it didn't make too much of a difference, but um, yeah, it could have really, it could have really backfired on us. There's a consensus from the race that um, Peter Sagan, the the world champion, was sort of hidden pretty much right until the end. Whereas some of his rivals, we saw the Australian team was at the front of the race in the last few laps, and you yourself had a real dig. Is that a tactic that you would have employed again, or would you have maybe sort of stayed back in the peloton, stayed a bit more hidden as he did? Yeah, I think that's that's the gamble with the worlds. I think um, that's something Peter has advantage over the other guys in the peloton. He's already got two in a row, so he can sort of afford to to gamble like that. But for guys like me that don't have a don't have a world championship yet, an elite world championship, um, yeah, I think it's we need to ride it really aggressive and be in everything and make sure we're in the mix. And um, I think maybe that's the that's the card that Peter had. He, he was. He was quite relaxed about it, and yeah, we all had to be um, in there in every move, making sure that we had the race under control. And um, yeah, unfortunately, at the time, it, it felt like the right thing to do to be attacking on the final climb because uh, guys like Van Avermaet and um, uh, Kwiatkowski were attacking. So yeah, I thought at that point, then if they're going to go, then I also have to go and uh, make sure I'm in the mix with these guys, making sure I can try and go for that win in the final. But 
yeah, um, maybe that zapped my legs a little bit for the finish there. Just talking about Peter Sagan, the last few years you and him have been going toe-to-toe, especially at World Championships, but this year um, there really seems to have sort of been a developed rivalry between the, the two of you, um, going, you know, looking at the Tour de France, the World Championships and other races. Do you think that the pair of you, that your rivalry could be one of a, a new generation, something that fans moving forward are really going to be able to cheer about or invest in? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think as much as it might seem like from the outside that we are similar riders. We're not. We're not really. He has. Uh, he has his style, and I, I have my style. So, yeah. But I think there'll for sure be some um, some really nice battles in the future. Because yeah, I feel myself only only getting stronger and smarter, and um, more support from from teams that I'm riding for. It also makes it uh, a lot easier for me to just focus on the finals instead of being stressed the whole race. So, yeah. Hopefully, there is some there is some good battles in the future, and yeah. Hopefully, it is. Yeah, going to move forward and, um, yeah, hopefully I can be on the top. When you say you, you don't think you're a similar style rider, can you elaborate on that? I guess he's, I, I probably climb a little bit better. So I'm more suited to maybe the Ardennes and he's probably suited to more of the the Belgium classics with, the, with Flanders and Roubaix and these sort of things. So at the same time, when we both can sprint at the end of a hard race, we're still, uh, we're still different riders. And what what do you do now? You're at home in Monaco. Do you, is that end of season? Can you put your feet up, so to speak, or have you got um, more races on the schedule? Um, no, no, I have more. I have more races on the schedule. So okay. No, no, no feet up yet, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I think uh, I have a race next weekend in uh, Italy, Trevale Varesini, and then Lombardia on the weekend that I'm looking forward to to um, help out the my team leaders in that uh, in that. Um, sort of a race, so yeah, it should be nice. And I think next next Saturday in Lombardia, it's meant to be good weather. So I think it's a it's a really nice way, race if it's if it's nice weather. So okay, that could be yeah, one you're targeting. Or um, me personally, no. So okay. We have um, Warren Bagheel and um, Tom Dumoulin and Wilco Kelderman riding. So uh, we have a really strong team, and um, yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll be going for those guys to to support them as best as possible and then uh, off, off to China after that. Have you given yourself time to sort of just reflect on the season you've had so far? I mean, it's been remarkable, the Tour de France winning the green jersey. Have you allowed yourself to, or even just congratulated yourself or are you still l- looking forward at the moment? Um, yeah, I think we'll just finish the season and then, yeah, um, then we'll look back and reflect on, on what we've done this season and, um, yeah, hopefully we can have some nice celebrations about uh, what was actually achieved this year, but yeah, once you, when you're around it all the time and you, yeah, you're, all you're thinking about is is cycling, you can't really reflect too much until you really finish the season properly, and uh, yeah, and you know you don't have any races anymore. So yeah, I think I'll just finish the season um, after China, and then we'll um, we'll sit down and reflect about what was what we've achieved this year. And lastly, I guess fans want to know if you're coming back to do the Tour Down Under next season. Not even sure if you're thinking that far ahead based on what you just said, but is that on the cards or will you do what you've done traditionally the last few years and start your season later at Paris-Nice? Yeah, not, like you said, I'm not, not sure yet. Yeah. Um, we have to talk to the team on what, what, their, um, what their plans are for me and yeah, from what, they, from what they did for me this year to help me to um, evolve another level. Um, We'll get to sit down and see what what they want to do to to keep evolving me, and um, yeah, we'll see 
what their plans are and what our plans are, and then we'll see if we can meet halfway on um, on an agreement. Congratulations on a great campaign in a way because Sunweb won the uh, team time trial as well. I forgot to ask you about that, but was that expected? Um, expected, uh, probably not. But um, we knew we had a really good shot. We did the recon the day before, and we um, we were really fast without a without a warm up and without. Um, Skin suits or aero helmets, we yeah we weren't that much slow, slower than in the real race. So yeah, we were we were quite confident. We didn't want to shout it from the rooftops, but um, yeah, we were pretty confident that if we could put it all together on the day, that we'd have a really good shot. And um, I think the course really suited the the team that um, Team Time would put on put on the start line. They cho- they chose it obviously to perfection. And um, yeah, it might it might have looked a little bit strange when you saw the start list for us, but. Um, yeah, it was all, I guess, planned. And, uh, yeah, I'm just happy that the team knew exactly what they were doing when they put that start list together for us. And, yeah, it made a lot of our, a lot of our dreams come true by, um, by being on the top of that podium, in, uh, on the, especially with the, our trade team that we're, we're always riding with all year to get a world championship with these guys. It was, it was really special. Did you feel, um, I mean, you were the undisputed leader of the Australian team for the men's road race this year. There was no plan b um did you feel sort of a weight of expectation on your shoulders or do you relish in in having that responsibility do you approach that rate this race differently this year being the undisputed leader no i think i think uh, i took it as it was a compliment um from how my season has gone and how i've been going in the world championship for the last couple of years and yeah i didn't i didn't feel any extra pressure i think um the team atmosphere that we had there was really nice everyone was super motivated and and believed in me that I would uh, deliver the best result possible. And, um, yeah, I think if you have a team like this around you that's not uh, putting any extra pressure on you, they just believe you, They believe in you that they, you'll do your best, um, then uh, that's all you can do, really. And, yeah, I think from the way we all rode, uh, it was a really special race. Well, thank you, Michael Matthews, for joining us. You've taken home a bit of bling, pardon the pun, from um, your campaign in Norway. We're looking forward to seeing how you uh, finish your season. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for the call.